Now you should listen to this because this concerns you. This is about a uh, evil genius in love. Evil genius mind. It woke me up from my sleep and I don't like it. No, you're an evil genius is what you are. If this works, you're, you're some kind of a, a evil genius. Honest to God. Hello and welcome to the Evil Genius Chronicles. I am your little podcast buddy, Dave Slusher. Welcome to this show. This show is being recorded for April 28th, 2022. Oh, life is good. First, the business. This show is not kid safe. This show is not work safe. This show is not clergy safe, has not been decontaminated. It is Creative Commons licensed, non-commercial, attribution, 4.0, Unported. The theme music is by the late great band, The Gentle Readers. They're at gentlereaders.com. Bandwidth is via Cashfly under the kind auspices of Backbeat Media. I do not speak for my day job employer. I will tell you that as of uh, the last show, I'm not speaking for a different day job employer than I was previously not speaking for. I ain't speaking for either one of them right now, but it's a different thing. I will talk about that uh, very, very shortly. Let's get into it. This is another song that I learned about from the Irish and Celtic Music Podcast. Uh, I'm going to do my best with the name. The band is the Gartloni Rats. It's from an album called Some Drunken Nights. This is a song entitled The Landlord's Walk.
There you go. That was The Landlord's Walk from the Gartloni Rats from the album Some Drunken Nights. And now let us get to what 38 people consider the best part of the show, and that would be the reading of the patrons. The following people went to bit.ly, bit.ly slash EGC Patreon, and pledged to support to keep the shambling mess shambling. Thank you to the following people. Derek Coward, Adam Rittenauer, Ken Kennedy, Paul Fisher, Arhuli, Robert Harvey, Paul Smith, Andrew Heron, Grant Bachoko, Nutty Nukchas, Tony Ewing, Craig Stepp, Steve Holden, Shannon Nelson, Charlotte Kennedy, Leah, the Enigmagic, Angela Lee, Chuck Tomasi, Stuart Maxwell, John Richardson, Michael Butler, Bruce Lerner, Eric Peterson, Skeeter Murphy, Chiaki Hinohara, Robert Gibson, Lynn Edgerly, Melissa A. Bartell, Andrew Howe, Michael Street, Neil Forker, Ndaiko, Kevin Freedy, Brian Springer, Tim Shaw, Rob Usden, Wayne Pittenger, Brian Jones, and Joe Pollack, the newest member of this ragtag group. Thank you one and all for supporting and keeping the lights on. I appreciate you so much. I belched and I'm not going <laughs> to cut it out because I've been doing this so many times. It's like the 20th time I've done the show. 20th time I've done the reading of the patrons. I'm not fixing that either. <sighs> Thank you. And now it's time to kill the music. Peek behind the curtain. For some reason, it was hard to do the reading of the patrons today. Guess I'm a little rusty. So, uh, it's been uh, almost a month. It's been over a month since I did a show um, for a variety of reasons. Um, but it's actually terrible timing to not do a show because since the last show, I went to Podcast Movement and went to the Podcast Hall of Fame. So that was a uh, that was a big thing, and I'm going to talk about it uh, shortly. But before I do it, let me address um, the elephant from the intro, which is I have changed jobs. Now, some of you longtime listeners might note that I have said I'm never changing jobs <laughs> this, side, this side of retirement, but in fact, I did. And it really was, um, it really was a lightning strike where um, the challenge, um, the working situation, um, like the opportunity, actually just lined up. And uh, so I'm going to work this job, you know. I, so I've taken a new job where I am basically the DevRel person <laughs> on this team, and. Uh, I'm kind of fine with that. And so I get to basically take nothing and make something of it. And I like that. And at uh, and I'm not saying the name just because. Not because I'm not proud of it. Kind of the opposite. I'm protecting the brand of this company from whatever dick jokes and fart jokes and pants pooping talk that will be in the rest of the show. I am on my own time not representing the brand. I'm not representing any company or any brand right now as I talk about whatever nonsense I talk about. So uh, it's very, very easy to find out the name of this. Uh, if one were to look me up on a LinkedIn, uh, it's all over that. But this is just not the time or place uh, for that because who knows what horrifying things will come out of my podcast hole uh, momentarily. So, uh, yes, I went to Podcast Movement and... Uh, towards the end of March and all things being uh, equal like the I went there because of the um, Hall of Fame ceremony because I was invited and I was getting inducted honestly there's two podcast movement things there's the one in LA and then there's the one in Dallas later in the year all things being equal if I were just going to have picked one I would have gone to Dallas and not this one because this one is kind of business focused and the other one is kind of creative focused and I really sort of don't care about the business so I um, you know I went to the whole thing and I did my best to get value out of it and I went to sessions fairly constantly I went to oh god I don't know at least six or seven sessions every day. Um, I went to keynotes and, and did the stuff and took notes and tried to learn things. And I did like the most um, useful thing out of it was a guy who was speaking from the context of um, like the film and big media industry, but it was all about preserving data. And it was the chain of stuff. It's like, okay, you've got it. If you've got it on a single SD card, you don't have a copy. So you need to get it from there to here. And here's how you do it. And here's how you name the files. And here's how you be. And it was an extremely 
prescriptive, uh, proscriptive, um, very detailed, nuts and bolts way of how to maintain your data for the long term. Uh, also saying uh, that not losing the data but not being able to find it is not as I'm like losing it. It is losing it. Uh, much like I've said in this house, like having a thing in my house and not being able to find it is the same as not having the thing in my house. So uh, it was good. The Hall of Fame ceremony was uh, interesting. It was good. It was kind of bizarre. Um, the, what would you call it? The stage direction. I felt like, I felt like we got all these weird, different um, uh, directions. I truly didn't quite understand what was going on. Go through this door at this time. And then it seemed like none of that mattered. <laughs> so when it kind of finally came down to it, there were eight people. Um, seven were attendants. One was on video. Um, you can probably guess if you looked at the list who was the one on video. I thought there was low, non-zero, but low odds that person would actually attend, uh, even though it was in the town they live in. But um, uh, I was number two of the eight, which actually I think was perfect. Um, the first up was, so of those eight people, there were two other people that I know personally are friends of mine. That's uh, Ginger Campbell and Evo Terra. Uh, the rest of the people uh, I either know of and don't know or else had never heard of. <laughs> and that's, you know, all, all fine. I'm sure of those eight people, a number of those had never heard of me. Um, but, uh, so Ginger went and Ginger did, I thought a, a, a fine job. And then I went and I did my speech and I was, so it wasn't that I was rehearsed in the words per se that I was going to say, but I was rehearsed in like chunk to chunk. And I, so I basically almost like a comedian, I had chunks. I had this story and this, you know, this anecdote and they had said seven minutes. So, um, I had my speech kind of in bullet points and I had never once run through it. I had thought about it and I had thought about chunks, but I had never like started at the beginning of the speech and run through the speech on the plane um, from Charlotte to LA. I sat down with my bullet points and I quietly mumbled the speech to myself with a clock on it. And it was 15 minutes long. I was like, Oh shit, I can't do this. This. So, um, some uh, severe editing occurred and uh, it was kill your darlings time. Cause there were parts of the speech that I loved. Uh, I wanted to speak in, I wanted to talk about the creation of that, uh, why I don't believe in God episode, but it was like five minutes long. Like that chunk by itself was five minutes long. And I just had to, uh, I wanted it in there and I had to take it out. And by the time I was done, I think I had a tight, good, solid speech. I got um, good feedback. Like no one has said I've done, not one person has told me I've done a bad job. Now it may be they wouldn't, <laughs> that they're too polite. But uh, I also heard uh, a number of semi disinterested parties that said I did the best one, which uh, I'll take it. Um, I think I, I may have put more of myself into it than, I mean, I really did. Um, my goal was to, do a punchy killer speech. And in the end, even though I liked the material I cut out, I think I actually had more impact for going shorter, you know, not shorter, but going at the time limit. Multiple people blew the time limit. Some of them, uh, uh, whose name rhymes with Shmivo Schnera, <laughs> went like 11 minutes long. I think we were actually... Uh, we started it too late. The ceremonies, we were going to do a betting pool uh, on uh, how long spe people's speeches were going. And uh, we started it too late. So the ceremony started before we finished. But uh, <laughs> that's the kind of degeneracy that I was trying to get going at my table. And uh, it was uh, it was good. And, and the reaction was good. And, you know, Dr. Drew Pinsky told me I did a nice job. And, you know, it was like it was kind of surreal. Grant Bachoco, uh, super fan of the show patron of the show introduced me and did a fantastic job by the way his introduction was the best introduction so i think he and i were a killer uh killer one-two punch and one of the beautiful things and we didn't really 
coordinate it this way. I mean, we did talk ahead of time and he basically kind of fact checked some stuff because what he didn't want to say was inaccurate things. And so he kind of, uh, you know, he, it wasn't like I was, uh, you know, telling him what to say. He just wanted to make sure he had the facts right. He actually gave some of my background, which actually shaved minutes out of uh, my speech because I didn't have to give the background. It's like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> so I kind of generally knew what he was going to say. I was like, oh, I don't have to tell any of the stuff about my radio background. You know, so I was able to just go straight into stuff without, uh, without it. So that actually did help me. So there was a couple of minutes of that were just, you know, basically automatic because Grant had already covered the material. It was fantastic. And it was, uh, it was an interesting evening. Um, it was just, it was interesting. In a lot of ways, I mean, it was good, and I'm glad that I was there, and it was fun, and it was kind of cool to stand up there in a suit and you know get photographed and have my plaque and everything. And in a lot of ways, it's like it happened to someone else. You know, it doesn't like standing here talking to you, the same knucklehead in the same uh, USB mic I've been using for five years, doesn't feel any different at all. Like not one bit. Um, it's like this thing I remember. It's like it's kind of like I dreamt it, and it had no effect, and then we just moved forward. I mean, it's cool, uh, and it was a nice honor. And tomorrow, you know, the day after you leave, uh, mo- ask most people in attendance what my name was, and they couldn't tell you. Right? It it it, it has a very specific um, zone of uh, effect zone of impact, and beyond that, like nothing. It's it's kind of an academic interest that doesn't do much for me uh, in the greater world. However, I am a podcast hall of famer, motherfuckers. <laughs> so let's not forget that. <laughs> and we were, I think, there was a point where we were sitting at a table, and I would think it was Rob Walsh and Todd Cochran and me and someone else. And they said something about something. And I said, well, I mean, that's true. Only 75% of this table is in the Podcast Hall of Fame. Something like that. <laughs> Which, um, let me say, <clears throat> one of the super fun, interesting things out of the whole weekend is I've known Todd Cochran. Probably, I mean, I've known him in person since 2005. And I had interacted him with him before then. Just, I mean, we were people around in the early weeks of podcasting. I've known this guy for a long time. So he runs Blueberry. Uh, full confession, I always pronounce it blubbery because <laughs> they have that dropped E that was so, uh, you know, they have the no final vowel that was so common in the flicker and whatever. And it just looks like blubbery to me. <laughs> but blueberry. And always been a good guy. Kind of a, he's high functioning crazy, has been since the day I met him. And, uh, you know, I'm friendly with Todd. But I had a joke in the middle of my speech where I refer to Dave Weiner, you know, uh, father of podcasting, creator of the RSS spec, uh, creator of the enclosure tag, even though he kind of screwed it up. Um, and I refer to him as a combination of Steve Wozniak, Jerry Garcia, and Ted Kaczynski. And I honestly thought, because given the age of a lot of people in there, I thought they're not going to know who any of these three people are. <laughs> but when I said that, the room really erupted. I got the biggest laugh, the loudest um, reaction to anything in my entire speech was that joke. And Todd Cochran lost his mind. Todd Cochran was talking to me about that the entire rest of the weekend. So I think that joke changed my relationship to Todd Cochran. <laughs> I think he likes me way more than he used to because of that, because he thought that was the most, uh, he thought he was the best characterization he had ever heard. Also, by the way, I was bracing to hear from Dave Weiner. It's a month later. It never happened. I think it ain't gonna, but I was waiting to hear something. And I thought there were two outcomes. One is, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. The one is, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Both of which are, both of which are entirely in the range. By the way, at Converge South, um, there was a point in time uh, where weblogs.com, which Dave Weiner uh, owned, he sold that for $1 million. He sold that domain name to $1 million to somebody who I don't even remember who he sold it to. And this was announced during Converge South, and Dave was there. And he and I had breakfast that Sunday, like after the conference was over. And I picked up the check because I thought it would be funny that he has just got basically a million bucks for selling a 
web web name, a, a domain registration, and I bought breakfast. <laughs> and, and he was reaching for the check. And I'm like, he's like, come on now. He's like, I just had this giant windfall. I'm like, yeah, but it's funny and a story. If I pick up the check, he's like, fair enough. So for ten dollars, I got that story. <laughs> um, th- so anyway, uh, it it was a good weekend. I'm glad I went. It was fun. It was it was a lot of work doing the speech. I'm super proud of what I did. I let, let's not be immodest. I think I did the best speech. <laughs> and so people who had never heard of me, uh, you know, at least said I'm capable of pulling my shit together for seven minutes. <laughs> nice job. Uh, fifteen years, eighteen years, maybe not, but seven minutes, sure. What, what? That's uh, kind of the student I was. I was always a kid who would do great on the standardized tests and uh, the project that <laughs> requires work for three months. Not so good at. And I'm raising a child just like that. <clears throat> so anyway, probably enough about that. The one thing that was I was cagey about a thing before this happened. Uh, and I wanted to wait for the event to happen. <laughs> I will say that <laughs> in the early negotiations with there, the phrase, we'll bring you out here, was uh, mentioned about the Podcast Hall of Fame. And that means a thing to me. That has a specific term. That sounds to me like a term of art, which sounds like will bring you out, <laughs> which is what I said. So how is there travel associated with this? Oh, no travel. Is there a hotel associated with this? Oh, no hotel. <sighs> okay, sure. Okay. <laughs> That's not what I thought was happening. Really, up until the point where I booked, where I paid for my own flight. I thought I was not paying for my own flight. But say I love you. Let us move on. But first, before we move on, I'm going to take a fine sip of this delicious coffee that I have brewed uh, a little bit ago. World Market Breakfast Blend. Mm. Never had it before. It's not bad. Although, let's be honest, the first brew out of a freshly opened bag is uh, always the best. Okay. One more sip. Now, one of the outcomes uh, of podcast movement is i met a lot of new people which is uh let's be honest uh as an extrovert that's the thing i like about these events i like meeting new people i like talking to people um you know in my new job uh i am back to pure developer relations which i was in for many years i was a, a little year a couple of years away from that and now i'm back to it and, I, and i'm kind of champing at the bit to do that because i like that i like talking to people um we you know in the parties um like the night before party at podcast movement, I w- walked in and there's a couple people I know. And I don't know, 300 people. I don't know. <laughs> and there's like 10 people I do know. And, you know, I talk to people that I d- do know, but I also, uh, I also, um, milled around, talked to new people. Um, I more or less did this over and over and over to the weekend. They say, how long have you been podcasting? I would say 17 years. And I would watch their face go boink. <laughs> they would make the cartoon boing. Um, <clears throat> I will mention one. I'm going to talk about a bunch of shows that I'm listening to. I will mention a show um, that I subscribe to, listen to. It's a good show, but it's just not a subject matter for me. And it's this guy, uh, Corey, and he does a show called Talking Politics and Religion Without Killing Each Other. And I listen to three or four episodes. It is a well-done show. Uh, he is a very good host. It's a very good show. However... Um, politics and religion, even done respectfully, uh, it's just not the uh, it's just not the thing I want to listen to right now. So um, that's the one show that I've bounced off. Is even I don't want to say bounced off because uh, is they've the gentlest unsubscribe I have <laughs> done ever. I think, which is oh, this is a wonderful show that is not a for me show. So uh, I will link to that if that sounds interesting. It is actually a really well done, good show. But uh, so I met a bunch of these people and I listened to a number of shows and I'm more or less at this moment subscribed to basically all the ones that I am newly subscribed to other than that one. Um, let me run through the list. Um, there's a show called Dying Kindness with Sianna Stewart. And it is basically a show about prepping for death, prepping for other people's death, prepping for your own death. And it sounds morbid. It is like uh, wonderful and enlightening and uh, oddly uplifting because it's more or less about um, it's about preserving what's uh, what you have. You know, it's about 
increasing the quality of what you have. You know, in some cases, we're talking about people that know, you know, maybe terminal, uh, you know, like my mom was and people who are putting their affairs in order. And some of it is about, you know, making your stuff like right now. You have no, you're healthy, you're, you know, whatever. I'm in my 50s. Uh, I'm healthy enough. I could die tomorrow. And if I did, what would that leave? Uh, what would I be leaving for everybody else? And how can I prep to make that easier? And that's kind of the stuff the show's about. And so I spent uh, a lot of time talking to Sienna. Just It just was one of these things in the statistics. You just keep running across people. And she's one I kept running across. And uh, I think after the Paris Hilton party, I ended up just like standing out on the street and having a conversation with her about exactly this stuff, about dying people and <laughs> and old people that you maybe are taking care of in your life and, and dealing with that. So I highly recommend that show and there's a show called as the money burns um by this lady uh nikki woodard who uh works in a she, she um worked on mr robot she she's in la uh she worked for the discovery channel at one point she was a super interesting but the show is all about the history of the heirs and heiresses who in the great depression had lots of money and then uh you know like the children of the industrials the children of the robber barons, and then what happened to them? It's fascinating. <laughs> and let me spoiler alert: most of these stories are not happy. <laughs> There's a, not that many happy endings, and not that many great outcomes. There's a lot of fortunes that you know the title kind of suggests. There's a lot of fortunes that just disappear. You know, they're, they're like, how did you make these many millions of dollars in 1930 money disappear? Well, it happened. <laughs> So I'm really enjoying that. Uh, There's like 50 some shows in the backlog. Uh, I think, um, you know, I'm about to finish up uh, Evo's podcast, Pontifications. And the way I listen right now to the backlog, where I listen to one podcast, Pontifications, and then something else, I might actually do that with As to Money Burns because they're shortish shows and they're fascinating shows. There's a show called Story Worthy, hosted by Christine Blackburn, and she and her boyfriend, I stood in line with them to get into the DJ party um, uh, at the Grammy, the Paris Hilton DJed uh, a set at the rooftop of the Grammy Museum. And uh, <laughs> she was at least in line. So the podcast Christine is very different from the party Christine. <laughs> the party Christine was kind of uh, out of control. <laughs> But the uh, podcast, she's uh, a comedian and she gets, it's basically like a storytelling podcast. Um, not um, quite monology type. It's like um, it's like the moth if the moth was told to an audience of one. But it's interesting. It's I'm a little less committed to this one, um, but uh, I am liking it. Um, I'm not, um, it's not as high up my list, but I am, uh, I am enjoying it. And here now, here's a pair of um, fiction podcasts. I don't tend to listen to like narrative fiction podcasts. I just nothing wrong with them. It's just not generally what I'm in the mood for. Also, you would think that as somebody who listens to podcasts all day, every day, I'd love audiobooks. I don't love audiobooks. I, I like people just kind of talking off the cuff to me, but I don't particularly. I'd rather read my books, and I just cannot get into audiobooks, despite the fact that I have had a, that free Audible thing for winning a contest at work. And I've got like a dozen <laughs> audiobooks. And mostly what I do is hope that they give me the Kindle version along with them. And then I just read the Kindle version. Um, but this, one of them is called Oz 9. And it's uh, it's very kind of Douglas Adamsy, like Red Dwarfy. It's about this, um, uh, this exodus from Earth. Uh, for, from a dying earth, except that was handled extremely poorly. <laughs> and it's about these uh, idiots on this spaceship. Uh, and I went to her session about turning their podcast into a graphic novel. And the lady that did it was so funny. And the, like the session was so entertaining. And I'm in here um, and she's got like a bunch of her super fans. I'd never heard of the show. I've never heard of the graphic novel. I've heard anything about anything. And I loved it. And so I'm like, all right, you sold your show to me. So Oz 9. And again, every one of these will be linked in the show notes at evilgeniuschronicles.org. This one did not come from the conference per se, but just walking around, I think at lunch, Evo Terra told me about this show called Old Gods of Appalachia. That is effectively like, imagine the Lovecraftian type mythos uh, set in uh, hill country, 
of you know Kentucky and and uh, that part of the the nation, and uh, it actually works uh, quite well because there's a certain um, there's a certain like existential dread <laughs> that comes from Appalachia, you know, coal country and th- that area of the the nation, similar to uh, you know the rocky coasts of uh, Rhode Island. Um, and uh, it, it just works. And so I've listened to a couple of episodes. Both of these ones, I've actually set them to not automatically download because even when new episodes come in, I'm not going to listen to them because I'm not listening out of order. So uh, they kind of do a different thing to my backlog, but uh, they're both quite interesting. The last show I'm going to tell you about from this batch is the one I'm least committed to. I may actually unsubscribe at any time, and that is the Ron Burgundy podcast. Um, Will Farrell did a keynote speech on day one, and it was kind of funny and interesting, as one might expect. I, I'll be honest, I never knew there was a Ron Burgundy podcast. I loved the Anchorman movies, even the kind of much less good second movie I still enjoyed. I like the Ron Burgundy character. The problem with the with Ron Burgundy at the, you know, 40, 40 to 50 minute podcast length is who that conceit can run out of steam. I, so if it were a eight minute podcast, I think it would be the best thing in my list, but at 45 minutes, you know, 50 episodes of a 45 minute show, I'm not sure that I'm going to go through that. Even back when he, he was on Saturday night live, there's a thing in Will Ferrell in particular sketches, although it's now super common in everything I watch is there's this like moment of, confusion and um, negotiation. And I, I remember this in so many of his sketches. We go, like, oh, is that is that what we're doing? We were, we, you want me to do this? Okay, great. That like moment, I hate that moment. I don't know why I hate that moment. The Ron Burgundy podcast is full of that. It kind of is that moment. So uh, as much as I like the character, I don't know that I'm going to stick with it. But uh, I am listening to it right now. It's, it's kind of on um, double secret probation. <laughs> I think the next one I listen to uh, could very well be the last one. If it, I mean, here, here's my my options on the next one: knocked out or unsubscribed. That's that's the options. Now here's a so that's kind of the ones that directly came from things uh, walking around uh, podcast movement. Here's a few. A couple of these are follow-ons. These are ones that uh, I found out in the same time frame, but maybe not directly because of it. One of them, I think, is because it was referenced on Christine's Storyworthy podcast, is the Mental Health Comedy Podcast, hosted by Ed Krasnick. Now, Ed Krasnick, I know of. I've been connected to Ed Krasnick on LinkedIn for like 15 years, and I don't remember exactly why. He uh, was a host on Kelly Carlin's um, Waking from the American Dream, and I just... He's like just been in circles. Like I've never met the guy. I've never talked to the guy, but he's kind of in similar. Like we orbit the same sun, you know. And so, uh, uh, and I think he's funny, and I think he's kind of a big thinker, and uh, you know, I like the guy. So I'm listening to it. I'm enjoying it. And he, his co-host is, I think, an actual therapist. So it's got, um, it's got um, a different. A different feel. It's got his jokes and then her actual um, knowledge. And so I think that combo works out quite well. It's a show called Thinking Poker that, frankly, I cannot tell you the name of the host. Uh, Andrew Burkus. He was a guest on the Poker in Your Ears podcast from that Joe Stapleton is on. By the way, I invited Joe Stapleton to be at my table at the Podcast Hall of Fame, and he would have, except that uh, he had a conflict. Um, but they were on there, and this guy analyzed some of Joe Stapleton's play at a recent tournament. And I'm like, I like the way this guy thinks about poker. So I subscribed. I actually went through the backlog. I did not, I'm not listening to the entirety of the backlog. I picked out specific episodes. So where David Sklansky and Mason Malmuth from 2 Plus 2. Um, where he talks to them, uh, you know, Nate Silver is an episode I just listened to this morning. Um, so I'm listening to select episodes from the backlog and then all the episodes going forward. And I like the way this guy analyzes a poker hand. So there you go. Thinking poker. I'm listening to the XXY, why like XXY podcast, which is hosted by grandson. Um, in February, we took my daughter to see Imagine Dragons cause she is a Imagine Dragons super fan. Uh, who sang along with every word of every song <laughs> the entire show. Um, and the opener was Grandson, and we quite liked him. He's, you know, kind of rappy-influenced and reggae-influenced, but in that generally Rage Against the Machine-inspired um, 
music. And he has a podcast. There was only like nine episodes. It's been on hiatus for like a year and a half. Um, I'm listening to the backlog. He's actually kind of an interesting cat. And uh, maybe one day new episodes will come down the pipe. Um, like listening to some of his songs, I actually played some Rage Against the Machine for my daughter to say, she said, I don't like this. I'm like, yes, but can you hear the direct line from this to grandson? She said, yeah, I can hear that but I don't like it. And I was like, okay, I just want you, you don't have to like it, I just want you to appreciate it. And then in the last episode I listened, he talked about Rage Against the Machine. So uh, I was vindicated that, in fact, uh, that's a direct influence on him. And then the last one of this batch is a show called Don't Ask Tig, hosted by Tig Notaro. Um, I listened to, Pro- to Professor Blastoff, um, which was a, a show hosted by um, her, Kyle Dunnigan, and um, I'm blanking on the third guy, the... Uh, other comedian who was the horseman. Uh, ugh. Okay, sorry, sorry, third dude whose name I can't remember. Um, and I listened to the show for a long time. It went off the air. Uh, can a podcast go off the air? It, it ceased publication like seven or eight years ago, and uh, you know, I kind of missed it. And so he, she has a show where um, she gets a guest, and then they ask, um, they answer advice questions from listeners. And uh, it's interesting enough. I don't know that I'm super... I mean, I liked the dynamic of the other show better, but uh, it's interesting. So I'll give it I'll give it a listen. It, it, too, is in the probationary phase. Interestingly enough, like, the two biggest celebrities out of this list are the two I'm least um, committed to. Interesting. I just just noticed that. So anyway, that's... that's what is that? Like, 10 new shows that I have subscribed to um, in the last, like, four weeks. So... Um, the bo- the backlog goes up, the backlog goes down, and so we'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, shows it's the sh- the p- subscription list is like the tide; they come in, they go out. They come in, they go out. Let me also mention um, two shows: uh, a, t- a tale of two television programs. One of them uh, I was highly anticipating. One of them I had never heard of. That's Moon Knight and Slow Horses. So Moon Knight, uh, I. I've been reading Moon Knight comics for 43 years, maybe. Um, I did, was his first appearance in Werewolf by Night or Marvel Spotlight. Or, I, I mean, I have Marvel Spotlights that Moon Knight was in. The whole era when he had the split, he had the four personalities and you couldn't tell exactly um, if it was an act or if it wasn't an act. Uh, where you had the cabbie, the Jake Lockley, the Moon Knight, the Stephen Grant billionaire, and then, I don't even remember this guy, but there was a very effete, probably highly uh, stereotypical homosexual personality that he would uh, affect. I think that uh, that is probably best lost to history. And over um, the years, there have been um, super interesting stories. The I have to go back and reread it, but the towards the end of his run, um, where um, Doug Mank and Bill Sienkiewicz, uh were doing this. There was a, a an issue called Hit It. And it was all about, um, it was juxtaposing music, um, superheroics, and like a history of abuse. So uh, showing basically like the violence of music. So it was cutting, you know, in comic book terms, think of it as cutting like uh, panels uh, adjacent to each other, showing th- this rock band, this jazz band, Moon Knight punching street level criminals, and also showing like the abuse and neglect these criminals got that led him into this life. It was like a mind blowing, uh, mind blowing story. Partly because when it's done, it actually sort of undermines. It makes the character not really heroic because you realize, oh, well, these people, he's um, these problems he's solving by punching a dude in the face are not problems you can solve. They were created by punching a dude in the face. So you can't punch your way out of a punching problem. I don't remember the exact issue number. It was like Moon Knight 20 in the 20s, 21 or 27 or something like that. It was just one issue in a run of issues. But like this is a story I've thought about ever since. <laughs> you know, 38 years or so, I uh, like the story is still in my head. It's still kind of percolating. Uh, uh, and, you know, when I... Uh, Throughout a long time ago, I talked about the uh, NYPD blue story that I thought where you would see them roughing up a criminal that you knew because you saw that this character was innocent. Like that's 
hit it was the DNA of that, you know, the, that, that notion, the, what do you do to subvert and let you know that like the protagonist who is doing the protagonist things and doing the heroics and like roughing everybody up, they're completely in the wrong and they're actually causing damage to innocence in the name of trying to be, uh, you know, the hero. That's such a fascinating idea. <laughs> and in the real world is like how this would play out. Most of the people you punch are probably not really the right people or you're not helping it. So anyway, so I have a long history with Moon Knight, the character and Moon Knight, the comic book. Some of the like the mid 90s stuff sucked or just awful. And yet uh, I still have most of that. And uh, so I love this character. So I was highly anticipating the show. And then the show comes on and it's Oscar Isaacs, who's I watched in the card counter. He's a great actor. I've never seen him in a Star Wars thing because I haven't seen any of the Star Wars things. Apparently, he's a big deal in the Star Wars universe. I couldn't care less. Um, so I was excited. And then the show comes out and it's like, it's like sitting in a box of wet cardboard. It's just like all my excitement just kind of thumped to the ground because it is. Uh, I have ranted and raved here about that whole hero's journey, Joseph Campbell influenced storytelling, which means that what you got to do is take some hump and convince them to be the hero. And we're in this situation with that, where there's a personality, uh, the Stephen Grant personality, who's a, a gift shop clerk at the British Museum who loves Egyptian stuff. And uh turns out he's, he's more than that. And he has to be convinced that, oh, no, I don't want to do that. It's like, I don't want to watch things where the hero doesn't want to be the hero. I have a lot of things I could watch where the hero wants to be the hero. I don't, if the main character doesn't want to be there, why should I be there? That's where I'm at in modern storytelling. I agree with the main character. Let's none of us be here. <laughs> so, and then episode two got much better. And then episode three got not as good. And episode four, I think, ugh. So now we're two episodes from the end. I'm pot committed. I might as well watch the rest of it. I have no enthusiasm for it. I'll watch it. Uh, episode four, I will note not one second of the screen, of the not one second of the costume on the screen, <sighs> except in the previously on. I'm like, oh, for God's sake, all I want to do is see a dude in a white suit with a cape. Or it doesn't even have, it could be the, uh, the uh, Warren Ellis inspired uh, Mr. Knight where he's wearing a complete, you know, a white suit and the mask and punching people. Fine. That's fine. But I just want to see the white costume and some action. And I will also note that as far as I can tell, the plot of this season of Moon Knight is exactly the plot of Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> like, it is a skin. <laughs> Change the Nazis for these cultists, and it is the same plot. <sighs> On the flip side, uh, in the Evil Genius Chronicles Discord, uh, listener and patron Eric Peterson mentioned the show Slow Horses. I didn't know anything about this, about this broken-down team of reject spies and MI5, and I watched it. I am way in i love this show and the most recent episode was absolutely the best one like much like bosch where i thought every season got better um i think in slow horses uh were five of six episodes every episode has improved on the previous one and i've just gotten better and better and better gary oldman is fantastic in this as this pretty despicable like just mean uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you a minor spoiler I'm going to give you a, a little line of dialogue from episode 5 just to give you a flavor of this I'd like to let you know that working with you all has been the low point of a disappointing career <laughs> that's that's what the show is like and I love it and I can't I mean it's the one that we just can't wait for it's it's uh, it's like, oh, oh, do we have the show yet? Oh, no. It's one of those ones. If it was a bingeable show, we'd have stayed up. I'd have stayed up all night the first night. I'd have watched all six of them in order with, without pause. Four in the morning, feeling like ass the next day, I'd have done it. So that one 
is a high, high, high recommendation. And now, um, then, because I had never heard of it, I'd never heard of the author of the series from which it is adapted. Turns out there's uh, like seven novels and a few side novellas set with these characters in, the, in this place. I'm like, well, hell, man. <laughs> so I have requested the uh, the initial book in the series to be purchased by my library in Overdrive so I can read it on my Kindle. Um, we'll see how that goes. I might actually even, shocker of shockers, pop my own money to, <laughs> to read these damn books because I'm super interested. So one real mediocre failure story. It's not even a failure. I have said in the Discord uh, that if they were making a bold stylistic choice in Moon Knight and failing, I would respect that even if I didn't like it. But this feels like just the most generic stuff. It's just oh, we've got to we've got to get to the artifact before the other person gets to the artifact. Oh, and then they'll they'll take over the world if they get to, uh, okay. Sure. Take over the world. I got you. Meanwhile, uh, watching these uh, alcoholics and fuck-ups try to make anything happen and uh, not take the fall for a fiasco, it's fantastic. I love it. So, high recommendation uh, uh, for Slow Horses, tepid anti-recommendation for Moon Knight. I believe at this point, uh, that seems like a show. The first show, the first show recorded as a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Shall I be insufferable about this? Maybe. <laughs> Let me consult the the uh, Magic Eight Ball. Signs point to yes. <laughs> there you go. The, can the Magic Eight Ball ever lie? Thank you for listening. If you have any feedback, reach out to Dave at EvilGeniusChronicles.org. Like I said, the Patreon is at bit.ly slash EGC Patreon. Share notes will be up at evilgeniuschronicles.org. There will be a plethora of links in this one because there's a lot of stuff. (laughs) There's 10 different podcasts that I named. I will have links to all of them. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving me a little time. Thank you for keeping my um, show alive long enough to get a Lifetime Achievement type award. As I've always said, rule number one of winning a Lifetime Achievement Award, don't die. If you stick around, uh, I put bloopers at the end. I'll be honest. I put bloopers at the end solely to prove that I edit this fucking thing. <laughs> that, as ramjackled as it sounds, there is actually some editing. I'm going to put, and I have said that I'm going to stop doing reading of the patrons outtakes because it's just so, so common to uh, mess it up. In fact, what I'm going to do this time is I'm going to put the entirety of the reading of the patrons outtake, which is like seven minutes long. <laughs> Feel free to not listen to it. But if you want to know how the sausage is made and what it's like being in this room with me, <laughs> you're going to get some of that. So just be aware that the show ends now. I thank you for listening and uh, I will catch you next time. And do not forget uh, whether or not you listen to these awful outtakes that I love you. Goodbye. Hello and welcome to the Evil Genius Chronicles. I am your little podcast buddy, Dave Slusher. Welcome to the show. The show is being recorded for some date in the future for which I can't do the math. But first, let us get into it. Yet another Irish and Celtic music uh, exposed show. Boy, that doesn't sound right. First, let's get into it. With a l- it's from an album called Some Drunken Nights, and this is a song entitled The Landlord's Waltz. This is a song entitled The Landlord's Walk. And now, let us get what... And now... And now... Let us go. And now. And now. Let us get directly to what some 38 people think is the best part of the show. And that would be the reading. And that would be the reading. And that would be the reading. Give the patrons. The following people went to bit.ly bit.ly slash EGC Patreon and they pledged some amount greater than zero less than $100 per show 
And we have a new patron. And uh, we'll get right to it now. Thank you to the following people. Derek Coward. Andrew. Fucking shit and fuck. And now let us get. And now let us get to what 38 people consider the best part of the show, and that is the reading of the patrons. The following people went to bit.ly.eg. And now, let us get to what 38 people consider the best part of the show. And that would be the reading of the patrons. The following people went to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash E-G-C Patreon and pledged to support to keep the sand. Every step of fucking adventure.